Hi, this is Rick Thompson, the pastor at Living Water Community Church. This is our podcast, and I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this message builds your faith and blesses you. Please enjoy it. Good morning, everyone. How are you guys doing? That's a fun intro. I love that movie. That's a fun time. I hope everyone's having a good time. Hope you enjoyed that time of worship. And show me, show me a show of hands if you enjoyed that, that worship, yeah? If you're online watching and you enjoyed that worship, just put some fire emojis or some, that was fire or something in the comments. Let me know that, that you're there. And we want to make sure everyone is engaged. We want to thank everyone for joining us today. Yesterday, we had a very, very fun and special day, something that we do typically once a year. It's our annual church picnic and beach baptisms. Let me, see, let me see a show of hands if you were there yesterday. Make some noise if you went out to the beach yesterday, had a fun time with us. It was great. We enjoyed having everyone out there. Food was great. The, the, the company was great. The fellowship was great. And we baptized some people. Amen? We baptized seven people. There's a picture of them. I know, I know all these people. And I know the one, the little guy in the middle the best because that's my nine-year-old son who got baptized yesterday. Super, super excited. Congratulations to everyone who got baptized. Very, very proud of you guys. Today we continue in our summer series called The Gospel According to Marvel. How many of you have been here for for the, the series we've been having over the past five or six weeks? We took a break last week for VBS, VBX Sunday. But we're back on track with our Marvel series. And today we're going to talk about the attributes or attribute of one of the fan favorite Avengers. Not only is he an Avenger, but he was actually a character and a star for a long, long time before the Avenger movies came out. He's not new on the block. He's been around for a while. And you saw the intro video. So, of course, you know, we're talking about Bruce Banner, a.k.a. the Incredible Hulk, a.k.a. The Hulk, or just Hulk for short. How many of you have seen the Hulk movies or the Avengers with him? He's pretty fun, right? I think so. When you think about the Hulk's personality and some of his attributes, is there any one attribute that kind of stands out to you? I mean, that picture probably does a good job of it. If you could put that picture back up. When you look at that picture of the Hulk, it's coming up, I think. That picture of the Hulk, what, 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 what does that scream to you? Anyone? Angry, rage, right? I heard anger. That was the first thing I heard. And that's exactly what I see. Yes, he is almost always angry. Almost always angry. Even, even back in the, in the original series of this, you know, Dr. Dr. Banner even had a phrase where he would say, don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me if I was angry. So this is the Hulk we're talking about, of course, played by Lou Ferrigno back in the day, and Edward Norton even had this role, and more, more recently, Mark Ruffalo has been the Hulk that we've grown to, to appreciate and love. And if you've watched any of these movies, you'd probably agree with me that he's a pretty angry guy. He's a pretty angry guy. And watch out if he gets ha- angry, because he definitely has an attitude issue. Would you agree with that? He definitely does. And that's actually what we're going to focus on today. We're going to focus our attention on the attitude of a hero. Now, I would venture to say that next to knowing Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, there's nothing more important. I'm going to say that again. There is nothing more important than having a good, positive attitude. How many of you agree with that? Good, good. Because your attitude can absolutely make or break you. Your attitude can heal you or it can hurt you. Your attitude can help you make friends or make enemies. It can help you to be happy or to be very, very miserable. Your attitude can determine if you are a success or if you are a failure. It's true. 
Some people think that the whole world stinks. No matter what they do, where they turn, what they look at, the whole world stinks. Everyone's out to get me. This is just unfair. And I read a story about a cranky grandpa, and the story went like this. Once a cranky grandpa laid down to take a nap. To have a little fun, his grandson put some Limburger cheese on his mustache, right under his nose. Grandpa awoke with a snort, staggered out of the bedroom, and shouted, This room stinks! Then he walked on through the house, and he started shouting even louder, This whole house stinks! He charged out onto the porch, he's looking around, and he says, This whole world stinks! But the truth is, the grandpa's the one who stunk. And the problem was right under his nose. Nine and a half times out of ten, when we begin to feel that, that things stink, that the world is out to get us, the problem is not with others. I know that might be a harsh reality for some people to hear, but nine and a half times out of ten, I mean, I'll reserve the right for that half, a, you know, that half, that point five, but nine and a half times out of ten, the problem is not everyone else, but it's with us. We have to look internally and deal with ourselves. The problem is that our attitude oftentimes, whether we know it or not, or think about it or not, our attitude has become negative to one degree or another, or maybe in one area of our life versus another. We tend to get negative. It's just, it's natural. And let me tell you, changing your negative attitudes to positive attitudes can absolutely change your world. I'm going to say that again. Changing your negative attitudes to positive attitudes can change your world. I didn't say the world. Change your world. Amen? Someone had rightly said this. Attitude not aptitude determines one's altitude in life. And what does that mean? The way you look at things, your attitude, your approach to different situations, much more than how smart you are, will determine the life you live, will determine how your outcomes are. Amen? And we're talking about attitudes here. And this topic really does apply to everyone. Why? Because we all have attitudes. We all have attitudes. Sometimes they're good attitudes. High five if that's you. Sometimes they're not so good attitudes. Kind of low five if that's you. And sometimes our attitudes are just plain nasty. It is what it is. But let me give you a few facts about attitudes this morning. Are you ready? Everyone ready? Hey, don't, don't check out on me already. Don't check out on me because I'm talking to you. And I'm talking to you online as well. Let me give you a couple facts about attitudes. Fact number one, your attitude reveals the real you. How important is your attitude towards things? Your attitude is more important than the facts. Your attitude is more important than your circumstances. Your attitude is more important than what other people might say. Your attitude is more important than your education. Your attitude is more important than the amount of money you have. Your, your attitude is more important than anything else. How you choose to do things and see things is more important than anything else. And understand that your attitude is much, much deeper than just a few thoughts that you may have or may not have. It's a lot deeper than that. It's actually like the core of your being. Your attitude is, your, is your, how, you are, how you come across from a disposition perspective. The way people see you, your character comes out. This is your attitude that I'm talking about. Don't believe me? Proverbs 23, 7 says this. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Let me give you an example. Got this fun jar of water. I don't know, it's not like a... I'm not a magician, so I don't know if anyone needs to see that it's really water. But there's water inside a jar, right? I'm going to put this on. Hold on, hold on. Get it lined up. Okay? Water. Jotter, water. Jotter. Water in a jar. 
So I'm going to do this really quick. I'm going to shake it. Right? We're going to shake this. And there's water spilling. Why did the water spill? She said it's not tight enough. So the lid was loose, right? Or because I shook the jar, right? Or maybe because there was gravity, right? Is that why the water was spilling? No. The reason that the water came out was because the jar was full with water. Did you hear me? It's not because I shook it. It's because the jar had water in it. That's why water came out. You see, what's, what's going on inside is what is going to come out. Jesus said in Matthew 15, don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart, and these defile them. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what defile a person. In other words, your attitudes always becomes your actions or your reactions. Your attitudes always manifest themselves as an action or a reaction. I want to visualize it this way. Have you guys ever um, heard of a jack-in-the-box? Do you guys know what a jack-in-the-box is? My young people know what a jack-in-the-box is? It's like a little box, right? And you had got a little handle on it, and you would turn it, right? And then eventually, pop out on you, right? So have you ever, if you ever played with them, you know that when you turn that handle, at some point, when you least expect it, the thing, I don't know if his name is Jack, but let's just say his name is Jack. Jack is going to jump out of the box. It's just what, we ha- it's what happens. It's what those are, right? And, <laughs> and they will pop out. He will pop out. Your attitudes will pop out at some point in time, whether you like it or not. And I can tell you that sometimes your attitudes will cause people to like you or dislike you. You see, much, much louder than the words that any one of us say, much louder than anything that we say, your attitude keeps telling people what you're really like. You can say whatever you want. Your actions and your attitude and your behavior silently, that's what's telling people what you're really like. Amen? Amen. Be careful with these things. And just like many other people... If I make a mistake or I do something that's just completely obviously wrong, you might hear me say, I didn't mean it. What was I thinking? Where did that come from? Well, the answer for me, just like it is for you, is it came from inside. It came from inside. Understand that we don't have attitude. We don't have an attitude just because we had a bad day. People don't have attitudes just because they had a bad day at work or a bad day at school, or a bad interaction. All that bad day can do to you is shake your jar. That's all the bad day is doing. It's shaking your jar. But what's inside your jar that's being sh- shaken? Fact number two about our attitudes. Your attitude determines the success and failure of every relationship in your life. Your attitudes affect relationships in your life. And sometimes our relationships never really get started in the first place. Very, very common because our attitudes have have built up walls. I'm guilty of this myself. I'm a very guarded person. And I know that I've missed out on a lot of, of amazing relationships in my life because I've chosen to have walls up. These attitudes that I've had in my life will actually stunt possible amazing relationships and friendships that I could have. It can be very difficult for people to be around people who, don't, who have these walls up that don't allow them to actually experience who the person is on a deeper level. You can miss out on a lot, and I'm guilty of that myself. Bad, bad attitudes affect your marriage relationship, your relationship with your kids, Relationships at work, at work, relationships with your friends, 
Bad attitudes affect relationships in the body of Christ and at church. I'm certainly not talking about LWCC. We don't have any of that here, right? All right. But it even affects the church. It affects the church. And the thing that makes bad attitudes so destructive, just like that jar of water with the loose lid on it, a bad attitude eventually is going to spill out into some negative actions. Some negative actions along the way. If you are harboring a bad attitude, it's going to come out. And typically it's going to come out in destructive words or deeds. And you've heard it said before that you can't unring a bell. Sometimes you say things that you want to take back, but it was said. And now you're depending on the other person to, to forgive and to allow you guys to move on, but you can't unring a bell. So you got to be very, very careful. Take a look at Numbers 12 with me. It's a long scripture, but I'm going to read it for you. Miriam and Aaron began to talk against Moses because of his Cushite wife, for he had married a Cushite. Has the Lord spoken only through Moses, they asked? Hasn't he also spoken through us? And the Lord heard this. Now Moses was a very humble man, more humble than anyone else on the face of the earth. At once the Lord said to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, come out to the tent of meeting, all three of you. So the three of them went out. Then the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud. He stood at the entrance to the tent and summoned Aaron and Miriam. When the two of them stepped forward, he said, listen to my words. When there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, reveal myself to them in visions. I speak to them in dreams. But this is not true of my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. With him, I speak face to face, clearly and not in riddles. He sees, the, he sees the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? The anger of the Lord burned against them, and he left them. When the cloud lifted from above the tent, Miriam's skin was leprous. It became as white as snow. Aaron turned toward her and saw that she had a defiling skin disease, and he said to Moses, Please, my Lord, I ask you not to hold against us the sin we have so foolishly committed. So here we see two brothers and a sister. One brother, Moses, had a good attitude. The Bible says that he was more humble than anyone else on the face of the earth. He was, he was teachable, and he was cooperative. He was, he was God's right-hand man. He treated people exactly how he wanted to be treated. He was in full alignment with his heavenly father. But on, on, on the other side, you have, you have Moses' brother and sister, Miriam. And both of them, they chose to have a bad attitude. And it eventually spilled out. This is, this is coming out in the book of Numbers, in the, yeah, the book of Numbers, where, where they were in the picture a long time before that, but this eventually spilled out. And we see that Miriam and Aaron began to talk against Moses, to talk behind his back, because of his Cushite wife. That's what the scripture says, because of his Cushite wife. Do you get the picture here? Here they are, this family, this is family here, family members who, who Moses thought that he could count on his brother and his sister, people that he figured, if, if there's anyone I can trust on this earth, it's going to be my brother and sister. And here they are going behind his back, criticizing him, stirring up trouble amongst God's people and against him as their leader, against their own brother, Moses. You see, people with a bad attitude will do things that you never thought they'd do got real quiet in here. People with a bad attitude, even your family members, will do things you never thought they would do. Most people who stir up trouble do so not out of, out of the right reasons, but out of bad attitudes. The fact that Moses had married a Cushite wife was really not the problem. That was not the problem at all. That wasn't their issue. That just shook Miriam's jar. 
But that wasn't the problem. The real problem was that Miriam had a long-standing bad attitude. A bad attitude stemmed from her jealousy for her brother's position and leadership. She was jealous of her brother's position and leadership, and that was where the bad attitude came from. And that came out of her own poor self-esteem. And she allowed herself to become critical, and she chose to cause trouble. And the scripture tells us what happened as a result. You see, oftentimes the things that we criticize and get all stirred up about, those aren't the problem at all. The things that we're pointing at or we're, we're trying to make the focus of attention, most of the time those really aren't the problem at all. The problem is our own sour, sick, bad attitude. And understand that when I say bad attitude, that doesn't necessarily mean a person who's a negative Nancy, who's walking around and, you know, the sky is falling and woe is me. That's not what I'm talking about. Having a bad attitude can just be one part of your life as it relates to my work, as it relates to my marriage, as it relates to relationships with this person, with my family, with this or that. You can have a bad attitude in one area and not in another. It doesn't mean that you are a negative person in, in, in its entirety. You know, see, see what I'm saying? There's different areas of this. But whenever you have an individual or a group of people filled with a bad attitude and wearing a loose lid, trouble is bound to happen. Just look in the jails. Lots of people with bad attitudes and a loose lid. And it doesn't take much to stir them up. And things will rapidly get negative. Fact number three. Your attitude is always your choice. Your attitude is always your choice. I like the man who was explaining to a friend his days in college. And he said, no, I never actually was in the top of my class. But I can say that I was in the group that made the top half possible. It'll come to you at about 2 o'clock in the morning. It's like, oh, I get it. Or this one, there's two men in prison. One of them's looking outside, and all they see is mud and barbed wire. The other one looks outside through those same bars, and what do they see? He sees the moon, and he sees the stars. They're both in the same place. What's the difference? The attitude of choice. The attitude of choice that they make. Without a doubt, without a doubt, the human mind is the most awesome creation of God. Almost to a fault. But with it, God has given us the ability to think. He's given us the ability to reason things out and to choose whether we'll focus on positive thoughts or on negative thoughts. It's up to you. It's a choice. I want to be very, very clear. You can't choose what will happen to you today. You can't choose what's going to happen to you. But you can choose how you're going to respond. You can choose your attitude as a response. We each have the ability to decide how we will respond to what happens to us. I read a story I'm going to share with you now. Dr. Victor Franzel stood under the glaring lights of the Gestapo court in a Nazi concentration camp. Soldiers had taken away from Victor every earthly possession, his clothes, his watch, even his wedding ring. And as Dr. Frankel stood there naked, his body shaved before those cruel men, men who tried to take every ounce of dignity from him, at that moment, Dr. Frankel said that he realized he was destitute except for one thing. He still had something that no one could take away from him, not even the Nazis. He still had the power to choose his own attitude. And he chose to not give that attitude to his enemies. He chose joy. He chose hope. He chose to be positive. I know that it's not easy when the stuff, when stuff in life hits you, 
hits you in the head, punches you in the stomach, gives you an elbow drop or one of those wrestling moves. I know it's not easy to choose a good attitude when things like that happen, when life happens. But in those times, in those times, you got to remember that there is something that in your situation, there's something that cannot be taken away from you, cannot be taken away. There's something that even the Nazis, even your spouse, even your kids, even your boss, even sickness, cancer, whatever it is you might be facing, whatever it is, you have the power to choose your own attitude when it comes to confronting that thing. As I said, not easy all the time, but the power and the choice is in your hands. No matter what has happened to you, and for some of you, I know a lot has happened. I know life hasn't been easy. I know there's been bad relationships and bad friendships and bad marriages and health issues and financial issues, and there's a whole bunch of stuff. The list goes on and on and on. I get it. But the attitude choice is still yours. Don't give it away. And understand that Jesus Christ wants to help you to choose and to cultivate from deep within a positive attitude. Your attitude reveals the real you. Your attitude determines the success of every relationship. Your attitude is always your choice. Now that's good revelation information, but you may, you may be saying to yourself, okay, Pastor Sean, I hear you, but that's so much harder to do than to say. It's not quite that easy. Okay, I get you. So before we go today, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you three steps, three steps that you can take with you today. This week, steps that if you follow them, you will start to, it'll be the start of cultivating a, a positive attitude. And again, it may be for one area of your life and not for another, but that's okay. Let it apply where it needs to apply. Step number one, start speaking positive words. The first step in becoming more positive is to work at learning to speak positive words. Notice that I said learn to speak positive words. I didn't say just flip a switch and now you do it. Learn to speak positive words. And the reason is because something, speaking positively is not something that we, we kind of just do naturally. We have to learn it by practicing it. It doesn't come naturally. It's all a lot easier to talk negatively. Am I right? <laughs> Am I right? Am I the only one that thinks that? A lot of times when things happen throughout the course of your day, the first thoughts that come to our mind a lot of times are not positive ones. Most of the time it's like, hmm, look at this, look at that. Oh, I wish I could, or fill in the blank. But most of the time, a negative thing is what, is what comes to mind first. And we're, we're quick and ready and easy to criticize something that we think is wrong by pointing the finger. I mean, most of us can, can probably even do that without thinking. We don't have to give much thought. You know, how many times have you been in an argument with someone, and you're not really listening to what they're saying. You're thinking about what you're going to say when they're done. Am I, am I the only one? Okay, I'm going to take the laughter as, yeah, me too, because it's, 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 it's natural. The negative words and comments and phrases, they just flow right of our mouth, right of our mouth effortlessly, effortlessly. Again, I know I'm not talking to anyone in here, so this is for the other churches, yeah. The reality is that you help create the atmosphere in which you live in by the words you speak. You, cre you help create the atmosphere you live in by the words you speak. When your words are positive, you produce a creative, loving, accepting, positive environment. On the other hand, when you speak negative words, you create suspicion, mistrust, and a can't-do-anything-right atmosphere. And people don't want to be around that. Beginning today, I dare you to try a little experiment. It's not to get a jar and walk around your house and get everyone wet. That's not the experiment. 
This is the experiment. To everyone you meet, especially in the areas where you, where you know that you're, you, can, you can work on your negative attitudes, to everyone you meet, any encounter you have, try your best. Go above and beyond to say something positive and uplifting, even as a response to what you get. I'll tell you that my wife and I talk about this all the time. We feel as if customer service nowadays is it's a thing of the past compared to what I'm used to and what I expect from when I'm growing up. But as simple as going to a fast food restaurant drive through or going in into the restaurant, and how, how much effort does it take for someone to say, hello, or good morning, or how are you? But oftentimes you're greeted with, Five ninety nine, or what do you need? It's it's there's this there's this there's this we've we've lost customer service we've lost interaction, and I, I'm I'm using that as a reference at restaurants, but even throughout outside of restaurants, the interactions that I see nowadays it's very very different than you know twenty years ago thirty years ago. And I feel as if we, we've, st- we've taken a big step backwards in terms of interaction and living as a people. Like, we're, we're, not, we're not in a good place as far as I'm concerned. People are out for themselves. People are, it's, it's all cutthroat. And everyone is trying to defend their own. And there's no one that wants to, to share, that wants to love, that wants to, it's, it's, it's how, how much effort does it take to say, have a nice day or hello? You won't even get that half the time when you, when you go to, customer service type establishments nowadays. To me, it's absolutely crazy. Um, So even in those situations, I try to be positive and uplifting. And I try to not do it sarcastically. I'll be honest, sometimes I do. When I go to McDonald's and and they don't even say anything other than take my credit card, so they want my money, but they don't want to say anything else to me, I'll be like, you're welcome. I try not to do it sarcastically, but if I'm honest... There's a little bit of sar- sarcasm in there. But, you know, maybe, maybe this week that's what you try. Whoever you're interacting with, try to genuinely give a positive and uplifting response. Do this for one week. Actually, you know what? Let me, let me do it better. Do it for one day. Just do it for one day. And I bet you you're going to have a better day than you normally would. Even if you don't get the response you're looking for, I think you're going to feel good inside that you know that you're trying to do your best, put your, put your, you know, bring, bring what you can to the table. So I want to challenge everyone here and everyone watching online, this week, from whenever you're seeing this, this week, pick a day and you go above and beyond in trying to be positive and uplifting in every encounter that you have. Step number two. No matter what happens, look for good, and you'll find it. Being a positive person doesn't mean that you refuse to recognize that there's negative. It doesn't mean that you turn a blind eye and you pretend as if negative things don't exist. That's not what being positive means. But rather, it's, a ma- it's, it's more of, of uh, referring to uh, you're refusing to dwell in the negative place. It's going to happen. It's just what happens. But you choosing what you're going to focus on is what you need to be uh, concerned with. Because remember, there's always going to be negative, right? There's, I wish there wasn't. I wish we could all snap our finger. I've been, I've been telling my wife that a lot lately. Like When I have to drive somewhere, like I wish I could snap my finger. Like it does, It's not working when I snap my finger and what I want to happen. It's not working. So there's always going to be negative. There's always going to be negative, but there's always going to be positive in every situation if you're looking for it. There's always going to be negative, but there's always going to be positive. Some people will call that the silver lining, right? There's always going to be positive if you're looking for it in every situation. And what a positive person does is they develop the habit of looking for and finding the best results even in the worst conditions. It's always possible to look for something good, even when things look bad. Always possible. I remember, this is literally about a week ago, 
my, my youngest son, the one who got, got uh, baptized yesterday, he wasn't feeling so good. So he was, and if you know this boy, he's, he's always, he's always in, a, in, a, in a good mood playing video games. He, he wakes up early. He doesn't really go to bed super early. But, but, um, but on this particular day, at about 3 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon, he's not, he says to mommy and daddy, I'm not feeling so good. And if you know Shane, that's not like Shane at 3 or 4 o'clock. So he ended up going into his bed and said, I just want to lie down for a little bit. And he, he, he literally was in his bed from about 3 or 4 o'clock until 1 o'clock in the morning, couldn't fall asleep, was trying to, and didn't eat anything, was just completely out of things. And then at 1 o'clock in the morning, we get a call or a, te- a call from his brother that they, they share a room, calls my wife and says, Mommy, Shane just threw up. One o'clock in the morning, right? So I'm like, okay, that's my, that's my duty, by the way. I'm the throw-up handler in the house. My wife doesn't really do the throw-up so good. I'm okay with it. So when I heard that, I'm like, okay, that's, I know that phone call was for me. So I get up and I go into the room and I'm, trying, I'm calming him down and we're getting it all worked up. And, and a lot of us in that situation might say, man, that sucks. One o'clock in the morning and your, your kid just threw up and now there's vomit everywhere and you got to go clean all that up and da, da, da. But what did I look at? I'm looking at, you know what? Whatever was making him feel bad is out now. It's out now. So my son is going to be feeling better come tomorrow. Amen? That's the way I had to look at it. That's the way I had to look at it. You know, the thing is people tend to find what they're looking for. You tend to find what you're looking for. Are you looking for positive or are you looking for negative? Are you looking for trouble or are you looking for things to go in a positive, uplifting direction? We can always look, look in the land and we can always see the giants that are occupying the land. Or we can look at the land and we can see a land of milk and honey. And we can see the promise that's been given to us for that land. It's a, it's a matter of focus. It's a matter of choosing what you're going to look for, where you're going to focus your energy. Let's apply this principle really quick to marriage. Don't worry, I'm not going to go there and get anyone in, in, a, in a fight when you leave church today, but this is what I'm going to say. If you're in your marriage and you're always looking for the faults of your spouse, focusing on what's wrong, centering on the negative stuff, you're going to be dissatisfied with your marriage. If that's what you're looking for, you're going to find it. And you are going to be dissatisfied with your marriage. In addition, you'll not bring out the best, but rather the worst in your mate. So not only are you going to find what you're looking for, if you're looking for negative especially, but you're also going to bring out the worst in that person as well. Consequently, your whole marriage is going to fall into a nitpicking, negative, destructive cycle. It happens every day. You look at the divorce rates that are happening right now in this country, there's no one that can tell me that people aren't focused on the nitpicking and the negative and what's wrong, what's not working. You can't tell me that. How do you break this kind of cycle in your marriage? I have a simple answer. Start looking for what is good. Start focusing your attention on the stuff that makes you happy, the stuff that you guys are getting right. That doesn't mean you can't work on everything else, but the focus needs to be on what is working. Amen? If you want things to work out in life, if you want a good attitude, You need to focus on the positive things. Look for good in every situation and in every person. And if you're truly looking with a genuine heart, you'll find it. That doesn't mean that you need to be everyone's best friend. But if you're looking for the good, there's good in everyone and you will find it. Step three, take charge of your thought life. 
I'm going to share with you three F's of taking charge of your thought life. The first one, fix. Philippians 4.8. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. We shouldn't let our minds wander all over the place. But instead, we should take, take command of it and choose positive thoughts over negative ones. Again, sounds easy, or sounds, sounds easier than it might be, but it's very, very practical. And if you understand what it's saying to do, it's, 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 the, it's the process that we need to learn. This is how we focus our mind. Take command of, of your thoughts. Choose positive thoughts over negative. Second, the second F, filter. So obviously, silly question here, but would you eat, would you eat garbage, would you eat out of a garbage can that not only had garbage in it, but also had maggots and poison? Of course not, right? Silly question. Of course you wouldn't eat from that. To do that would be absolute suicide. But in the exact same way, in a very like manner, if you really want to take control of your thought life, you need to filter out the garbage that's out there. You need to filter out the garbage that's out there. There's a lot of garbage that comes our way on a daily basis. And choosing what you're going to allow to come in your mind and not is up to you. I remember a saying that I heard many, many years ago about you can... Um, you, can't, you can't prevent the birds from flying over your head, but you can prevent them from making a nest on it. So thoughts may come, but what are you choosing to focus on? What are you choosing to, to latch onto versus saying, that's not for me, that's not a thought that I need, and moving on? Amen? The last F is to feed. And it's a simple question. What are you feeding your mind. It matters what we feed our physical body, right? Doesn't it? It matters what we feed our physical bodies. Because if you feed your physical body the wrong thing, it can hurt you. Everyone agree with that? It can hurt you, absolutely. But it's not enough to just stop eating the bad stuff, right? That's the filtering. It's not enough to just stop eating the bad stuff. Because if you, if you don't start eating something, you're going to starve. So you need to stop eating the bad stuff. We need to filter the thoughts, but we also need to figure out what are we going to eat? What are we going to feed into ourselves? It's not enough just to stop with the garbage, but we also have to feed on the good. You've heard the, the saying, garbage in, garbage out, right? I'm going to say the same thing good in, good out. There's so many good sources of good. Lots of books, there's movies, there's music that's good, but the best source of good thoughts is God's Word. Spending time in God's words, in God's Word, digesting that, that is the best, best source of good thoughts. And let me give you this one. Put God in, get God out. Put God in, you'll get God out. Put God's word into your mind and into your heart, and it will come out in your speech. It'll come out in your actions. Feed your mind on verses like, like Ephesians 3.20 that says, Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Or Isaiah 41 that says, Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Is there anyone that needs some of God's strength today? Is there anyone that could use a little of God's power in their life today? How about Philippians 4 that says, And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which we have been given to us in Christ Jesus. And Hebrews 13 tells us, so we can say 
with confidence. The Lord is my helper, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? And the church said, Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I know that for many of you, this sounds like an impossible task. But I want to encourage you and I want to remind you that we serve a master who has been there. We have a Lord and a Savior who has been there. He's walked in our shoes and he can relate and understand to what we are going through. Why do I say that? Because Hebrews 4 tells us that the high priest of ours, this high priest of ours, understands our weaknesses for he faced all of the same testings that we do. Folks, I said it at the beginning of the message. Next to knowing Christ as your Lord and your Savior, there is nothing more important than having a positive attitude. It's the difference between enjoying your life or having an absolutely miserable life. And it's your choice. I want to pray for those who want, who want God's help to work on their attitudes. Maybe they need a big attitude adjustment or maybe just a small one. But either way, I want to pray for those who, who are looking for that. Those who, who default to go to the, the stinking thinking type of, type of response. I want to pray for those people. But before I do that, I want to first extend an invite to anyone here, whether you're in this building or you're watching online today, I want to extend an invite to anyone who, isn't, who hasn't asked Jesus to be their Lord and Savior, and they want to. And if that's you, and if this is your, this is your first step, if that's you, this is your first step into a rewarding journey, the most rewarding journey that you could ever experience, it would be my privilege and my honor to lead you in a prayer if that's you. So I'm going to ask everyone to, to, to close their eyes and bow their heads. And just right now where you're sitting, I want you to forget about everyone that's around you. Right now, the only audience that you have is an audience of one, and that's your Heavenly Father looking down at you. And the same applies to everyone that's watching online. And if you know that you are, he's calling you and you want to, to enter into a relationship with him, if you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, your personal Lord and Savior, not the, not the Lord and Savior that your mama or your dad or your brother or sister accepted, because God doesn't have any grandchildren. It's a personal decision for every single person. If that's you, with every eye closed and head bowed, I want you to just slip up your hand right where you are. And if you're watching online, I want to ask you to do the same thing. Just put your hand up. This is your confession to God, that God, I'm here. And I acknowledge you today. And if that's you, say something like this. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to be called your child, your son, or your daughter. Father, thank you for the sacrifice you made for me 2,000 years ago. Lord, I ask that you would come into my life, that you'd forgive me of all my sins, and that I would be a new creation starting today. I thank you for the work that you've started in me and I trust you to complete the work as your word says. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now I do want to pray for those who need that adjustment, want that adjustment on their attitude. Again, whether it's a complete attitude overhaul or if we just need to address one area or another area. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask, if that's you, I want you to put up your hand. If, so, if you want me to pray for you to help you with your attitude in different areas, I'll do that. I see your hands. 
as well at home. If you need an attitude adjustment, you'd like some prayer, put your hand up right where you are. All right, let's pray for that. Father, thank you for, for, your, for this day, Lord. You see the hands that have gone up both in this place as well as those watching online, Father. And Lord, we, we declare today that we, we, we need your help to adjust our attitude, Father God. Lord, from, from, the, from the biggest adjustment necessary down to the smallest, Lord, I pray that you would invade their lives, Lord, that you would take over their minds, Jesus. Lord, that you would renew their thinking, Father God, that the stinking thinking would be, would be ejected out of their brain, Father. Lord, that you would, you, would, you would fill them with your love, and as a result, that love and compassion and mercy and grace would pour out from them, Father. Father, I ask that you would give them eyes to see and ears to hear, Father God. I pray that you would give them um, patience and understanding, Father God, to listen and, and respond and speak slowly, Father God, that they, would, that they would be cleansed by the renewing of their mind and their spirit, Lord Jesus, that you'd help them to have more patience and more understanding. And we thank you for the work that you're going to do on all of our attitudes, Lord Jesus. And we give you all the glory, all the honor. We ask that you would have your way in our lives. In Jesus' name we, we pray. And we all said, amen. Thank you so very much for listening to this message. We hope you were truly blessed. If you were, please subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already and share it with a friend. Doing so will cause the seeds of God's word and the message of his love to spread like wildfire. So thanks again for partnering with us in this important way. Stay thirsty for Christ, my friends, until the whole world hears. God bless.